Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome uh, to Podcast Alley, the marsh inside Podcast Alley, which is where the cannabis 101 podcast is recorded. Uh, my name is Dean Millard and it is great to have you aboard for episode 33 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We will have Raylan Dane of Sundial Cannabis on the program, Territory Manager, will uh, join us uh, in just a little bit. David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com for this week in cannabis news. And Chris Ionson, our educator from Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave for What's That Strain. And uh, you might be listening to us, or if all goes well, you could be watching us on our YouTube channel if we can get everything up and running. But before we get going, there's always something we have to do to start the show. We have to find out. What's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Weed is awesome. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So my groove today, I am going with a little San Rafael Della Hayes. And that's what I decided to uh, go with for my groove. I'm looking for some energy. Uh, so I grabbed this. It's uh, I think it says it's 19.53%. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I, I want some energy. And uh, the reason I know I want some energy is because I did my DNA test at Lobo Genetics, uh, so we will uh, tell you uh, a little bit about uh, Lobo Genetics in just a second, uh, but right now, I have to get my groove on. All right. Now, pardon me, uh, that I'm grooving and we're uh, ready to go, I can tell you that the reason I wanted to go with uh, Della Hayes is because it's on my profile at Lobo Genetics, and you can have your own profile. You can get 50% off a DNA kit from Lobo Genetics when you use the promo code Cannabis 101, all one word, Cannabis 101, when you head to Lobogene.com. It's like having your own bud tender, really. How you react to cannabis, what cannabis you should be using for particular moods. It's really uh, quite amazing. So check it out, Lobogene.com. And make sure you use the promo code CANNABIS101, all one word, to get 50% off your DNA kit. It's a great situation. 
And um, I happen to have a Lobo Gene kit right in front of me. Um, for yours, for those of you uh, watching on uh, YouTube channel, on our uh, Cannabis 101 YouTube channel, that's what it looks like. The Lobo Gene kit right there comes in the mail. You do some swabs, you uh, send it back to them, and Bob's your uncle. You are uh, on your way to finding out uh, how cannabis and you react. And you can get 50% off with a promo code Cannabis101 when you head to LoboGene.com. So that's what we have up for grabs right now. That's why I went with uh, Della Hayes from San Rafael because I know it's going to give me some energy and I've uh, I've got some things to do a little bit later on today. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Okay, a couple of things uh, before we continue. I know, especially in Alberta, a lot of people are uh, concerned, disappointed, frustrated that uh, edibles are not available in stores right now. So here's here's how you get around that. Here's your like. Do-it-yourself, DIY life hack for edibles of cannabis. Uh, Step one, get some sort of chocolate. If it's a chocolate that you want for edibles, go get a chocolate bar. Step two, grab yourself some oil. Uh, This is from Broken Coast, uh, THC oil. And then what you do from there is uh, not terribly uh, scientific, Uh, you would basically drop the oil on the chocolate and then eat it. So pretty easy solution to the fact that there's no edibles. I did this last night just as a test and it was awesome. It, uh, it worked really well. Uh, the other thing I just want to point out quickly is I went in the, the Aurora store in uh, West Edmonton mall. It's a new one. And I just love this bag, uh, that they give you for your cannabis because it has a whole bunch of information about uh, terpenes and their profiles and how you can identify them. And it is a great study uh, because I think we should all be um, buying our cannabis and, and, and asking for it in this form. So that's what the bag looks like. So for those of you watching on the YouTube channel, for those of you listening, this probably does not make a lot of sense. But anyway, uh, their bags uh, are paper bags for one thing, and uh, they have some terpenes listed on it. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Okay, now to our uh, cannabis question today. And um, for this cannabis question, as we did last week, we have a prize pack up for grabs. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right there in front. It's a, a San Rafael 71 pipe so you can see the uh, side angle and uh, for those of you uh listening you can check it out at the cannabis 101 on twitter we have a picture up there so just for participating in our cannabis question you can win that san rafael pipe question is what is your favorite edible so far what has been your favorite edible so far? I had a chowy wowie chocolate and it was great. I've not had a lot of success on edibles in the past. 
Um, but this one really had a good effect. It tasted great as well. And uh, once there's more stock in, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying more. But you can do the uh, at-home solution that I gave you uh, earlier. Uh, so that is our cannabis question. Um, what edible have you enjoyed uh, so far? Uh, now that uh, you can pick them up, and, and in some places uh, you've, they've been available for a while, but uh, certainly not here in Alberta. Okay, as for what goes well with, that's anything that pairs well with cannabis. And I, I've, uh, I love documentaries, and I was turned on to um, a, a documentary um, in uh, Yosemite. Um, it was just amazing about rock climbing. My friend Sean told me about it, and. Um, the culture of rock climbing cannabis seems to go hand in hand, especially when um, a, uh, a, a plane crashed in the, the national park uh, in the late, late 60s or 70s, I believe. I think it was maybe in the uh, 70s and had like thousands, 10,000 pounds of marijuana and all the climbers dove in, brought it out and you know, sold it, smoked it, enjoyed it, um, tasted a lot like airline fuel. Uh, so that wouldn't have been great. Uh, but anyway, it's an amazing documentary, uh, Valley Up, Valley Rising, I think it's called. I think it's called Valley Rising. So rock climbing apparently goes well with cannabis. I wouldn't think, uh, you know, listen, I'm not an expert rock climber, uh, but I'm probably not going to smoke a joint before I climb a rock. Now, there there is a part of that story. There was a guy that was dropping acid when he was doing that. And adios, man. Thanks, but no thanks on that one. So anyway. I think uh, apparently rock climbing, uh, certainly watching documentaries uh, goes well with cannabis anyway, because I'm uh, I'm a big fan of uh, docs. All right, before we get to our featured interview with Raylin Dane of Sundial, and you can hear one hitters uh, with Raylin at our uh, website, cannabis101podcast.ca. That's where you can hear one hitters as we get to know her a little bit more. Uh, but before we get to the interview, check out Legendary Barbershop, 117th Street and Jasper Avenue in Edmonton. They love talking cannabis. Ask for Morgan. She's my niece and she will take care of you. So before or without further ado, uh, let's get to our interview uh, with our featured guest, Raylan Dane of Sundial Cannabis. <laughs> is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Pleased to be chatting with Raylan Dane, Territory Manager for Sundial Cannabis. Raylan, thank you very much for uh, being part of the program today. How are things in your neck of the woods? Things are good. They're, uh, I'm definitely in the woods, so things are going pretty awesome for us over in central Alberta here. Yeah, there is uh, there is so many good things coming out of uh, the old area. Uh, people used to say it was oil and gas, and now people say it's oil and grass. So it's a, a really good time to be in that area. How about your story, uh, Raylan? Can you tell us a little bit about how you uh, ended up in uh, the cannabis space? Absolutely. I was very blessed, actually. Um, I came from the alcohol industry and generally just uh, customer service. Uh, I've had a massive passion for not only growing cannabis, but also consuming it for quite a few years now. Um, I was lucky enough to get accepted into the trial program for cannabis production through Olds College, actually. 
And uh, that that opportunity opened up so many doors for me. I was able to get hired on with Sundial Growers, um, honestly, approximately a week or two into the course. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, it's It's basically right time, right place for you to enter into the cannabis space. Uh, I, I guess timing is everything. It really was. I was lucky enough to get in before uh, we got licensing at our old facility. Oh, that's amazing. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, cannabis education from your perspective, um, you know, what you gained from the, the courses? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just I find the education extremely important, whether it be um, on the grow side of things to understand the, bec- the best practices uh, to be used when growing uh, and just the best, best methods that can be used. Or if you're going to be new to consumption, educating yourself properly on the different strains, the different terpenes, cannabinoids. Everybody's just so different and reacts differently to cannabis. So uh, I think education is really important to help remove the stigma away from it being weed or pot and it being more uh, a medicine and a lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's so important. Normalizing it, talking about it as if you would talk about any other um, medication or recreational uh, side as well is is so important. Were there some favorite aspects of the education program that you walked away saying, I'm really, really glad I learned that? Definitely. Um, th- there were so many, oh gosh. Um, the things that really, really stuck with me though was just Probably the the grow techniques that they talked about in the uh, in the course. Until then, I had never actually practiced using uh, any kind of prune techniques on a plant before. So to me, that was a really intriguing moment, and uh, actually, I believe kind of uh, sparked my interest into getting into the cultivation side of things um, on a larger scale. Wow, how would you rate your knowledge uh, level of the cannabis pre-education compared to post? I I'd imagine your eyes were pretty open, pretty wide open. Oh yeah. Before, uh, before I was able to take the course, everything I had ever done was trial and error. Uh, and after the course, I left with so much more knowledge and, um, just a general understanding and confidence to be able to try all these different methods out. So you, you joined Sundial and you've had a few different roles. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you started and and what you're doing now and, and through the journey? Sure thing. Uh, so when I did get hired on, I was hired uh, for a, about an entry-level manufacturing job. So to me, that meant uh, most likely trimming or um, kind of just general maintenance work with the plants. Um, I was lucky enough to get to try my hand at so many different things with this company. They've given me so many opportunities. At the beginning, I got to uh, start off in actually facility preparation because we weren't quite uh, licensed to have plants yet at the time. So I got to help out in just getting everything prepared for when that happened. Uh, when we did get our plants in, I was lucky enough to join on to the cultivation team and just do general plant maintenance with um, a couple other growers and learn from some really amazing, talented um, cultivators as well. Um, a lot of the people I learned from had upwards of 10 years experience growing. So that was a really cool opportunity uh, for me not having any experience. Well, not any real experience besides trial and error. Um, so I, uh, I proved myself in that and was lucky enough to see some movement in the company and got myself into um, a lead role in cultivation. So uh, me and my team then went around and we had 
specific tasks, generally um, pruning and other plant maintenance tasks to do. Um, and that kind of led to a bit of my my hunger and passion for educating people on the plant. So I kind of reached out and put my foot in a couple other doors. And that's actually what led me into my current role of getting to um, go around uh, in the Central Alberta Territory, speaking to different retailers and sharing some information about what we're doing at the facility and why our product is, in my opinion, the best product. Well, it, it really sounds like uh, at Sundial, as you've experienced and proven, uh, there are lots of opportunities for growth, pardon the pun, as we're talking about cannabis, mm-hmm. but uh, the ability, everybody wants to uh, be satisfied at their job. And, and the more people are uh, encouraged to, you know, come up with uh, uh, plans and ideas and, and, and expand their role and work their way up, um, that's what everybody wants. That's, that's motivation for every employee, no matter what the business. Oh, I agree with you. So you have to be open-minded. I think that's one of the things I've learned from talking to different people in the cannabis industry. Uh, You have to be motivated and you have to be open-minded to doing different tasks. Maybe not the exact one you thought about. Um, Is that one of the most biggest things is being flexible in this industry? I couldn't have said it better myself. If if you want to see the movement, sometimes you got to do those dirty jobs that nobody else wants to do. I really love uh, that uh, the, the you, you are so excited about the, the cultivation side. And, and really, um, people that are growing are, are doing what we were thought of in uh, chemistry plant, chemistry class rather, but just with a different plant. It's all kind of experimentation and seeing what happens. Is, is that kind of one of the coolest things about uh, the cannabis industry and, and the cultivation side? That's what really grabbed my attention. Every strain is so, so differently, uh, grows so differently. So a technique that you use on one strain um, and may, helps the plant thrive, you could use the exact same technique on another strain and the plant will just completely shut down. It's, it's really interesting and neat to see that the plant is just so different. Um, another good analogy I like to use for that is that uh, they're similar to people. Every person is so different, whether... I like my vehicle sitting at 23 degrees and you like yours sitting at 25 degrees. The plants are the exact same way. Every plant likes a different humidity, a different nutrient recipe, a different temperature. They're really, they're really amazing things. Yeah. They all have their own unique uh, personalities almost. Um, I I know uh, you can't tell us too much, but can you give us a, a general philosophy for Sundial and their approach to the cannabis industry? Sure. We, uh, we approach it. Uh, what we like to say, craft at scale. So to us, that's growing craft quality cannabis at a large scale. Uh, we grow in uh, modular rooms. Um, the reason we do that is that it allows us to have so many different opportunities uh, for education and knowledge. Um, but more importantly, it allows every strain to get exactly what they need out of the room and the environment. Mm. What are, can you, can you give us some of uh, your favorite strains uh, from Sundial? Some of the ones that uh, are, are very popular and that you see out there as a territory manager? Yeah. So our number one, I got to say, has got to be the strawberry cream under our top leaf brand. It has set a, a new standard and a new bar for terpene preservation. It, the only way to, uh, to compare it is uh, when you open up the jar, you get, hit with this burst of fresh cut strawberries and then when you actually consume the product 
it's mixed with like this very creamy, smooth taste. Um, besides the strawberry cream, though, uh, one of my other favorites would have to be the citrus punch. Mm. Uh, it's very, very high in myrcene, which is my favorite terpene. Um, and it, it definitely hits a little harder than uh, most other sativas get me personally, at least. But uh, the flavors in that as well are just uncomparable. Uh, you open up the container and yeah, your glands just start to get wet. It, it's a really cool strain. Oh, that is uh, awesome. And uh, I, I can't wait for people to, uh, you know, uh, dive more into terpenes as, as you just mentioned, because I think, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't know uh, uh, what a terpene was before I really dove into the cannabis and my cannabis knowledge before was here's $50 and whatever, you know, I didn't know <laughs> a lot about the, uh, the strains or anything. And since I learned about terpenes, I'm just blown away and I can't wait for everybody else to catch up and, and really dive into terpenes as opposed to buying your, buying your cannabis by the THC level. Instead, let's buy it by you know, what terpene makes you feel good or whatnot? Well, that's just it. I think, uh, and that goes with the education side of things as well. Uh, when people, I think, start to really educate themselves on terpenes and I guess play around with the different terpenes, I think they'll notice which ones react best with themselves and just what effects that they, that they like out of the terpenes. Just like you said, th shopping by the THD content is not the way to do it. There's so much more to cannabis. You could get a product high in myrcene that'll hit you a little bit harder, or you could get a product that's high in karyophyllene that removes a lot of the stress and anxiety feelings from the high. As I always say, you wouldn't buy a bottle of wine by the alcohol percentage, so don't go strictly by uh, THC. And, and uh, you know, terpene profiles are so fun to explore. And, and, and that's where I think journaling is a great thing, too. For, for somebody new to cannabis especially, journaling, I think, can really help them know what they want to go back to and what they might want to stay away from. I highly recommend it. I just got into journaling myself about three to six months ago now. Yeah, and I think that's good advice for somebody getting uh, new into cannabis. What would be your advice for a new consumer uh, that uh, maybe tried it uh, way back when in uh, maybe high school or something or has never tried it? What would be your advice for them? Mm, my advice would be don't be scared of it. It's, uh, it's an amazing plant. There's so much to it. You just got to educate yourself and listen to your body. Um, start low, start slow, and yeah, just listen to yourself. How about uh, for somebody getting into the industry, whether they're going to go the educational route that, uh, that you went or, or maybe just start knocking on doors? Is there, is there one piece of advice you would give for somebody that's trying to get into the business in general? My advice would be talk to everybody you know that's involved in the industry. Um, get their opinions on it as well. I think for the most part, everybody has a very like uh, same shared collective um, idea that this industry is awesome. Honestly, it's a, uh, it's a really neat place to be and to work in, especially for, um, this generation, my generation, this is going to be, in my opinion, the biggest growth industry. So get involved, come on board. It's a really fun place to be. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And when you talk about generations, there's going to be a whole generation that's growing up now that's going to grow up uh, without the stigma because cannabis is going to be normal. And, and as, as we talked about before, normalizing it is uh, is how we, uh, one part of the way of, of getting rid of the stigma anyway. What is your favorite aspect of legalization uh, that we've experienced so far? Um, 
Um, my favorite aspect of it would probably be just the peace of mind that I'm able to get a safe, regulated product now. I don't have to worry about there being cat hairs, for example, in the product that I'm purchasing from somebody that I know from a friend of a friend of a friend. Gross. Um, I love the fact that we can get good, safe product and uh, and just have easy access to the product as well. Yeah, I think uh, I love um, all of that. My, my favorite aspect, I think, is going to be down the road when all the research um, comes out about this plant and we know so much more about all the cannabinoids and, and all the, the great health benefits uh, that we're going to get from it. Um, how do you think we've done as a country uh, in the first year of legalization? I'm really proud of us as a country, honestly. Um, we've proven that we can do this safely and we can follow the guidelines and the regulations put in place. Um, and we've proven that we can give a healthier, safer alternative to the black market products. Yeah, and setting a good example uh, to the rest of the world because there are not uh, cars on fire in the streets and rioting because cannabis is legal. We have proven that this is a safe and healthy and effective product uh, for everybody. But what's next? Um, what do you think about the next wave? We've seen edibles now uh, in stores. Uh, we're going to be seeing drinks. I'm really excited about the teas that are coming on the way and uh, eventually vapes. Um, what's your opinion on the next wave, season two, as I call it? Oh, honestly, I don't have uh, too much speculation on what's coming next. It's such a fast-paced, moving environment. Uh, that anything can change at any time. But personally, I'm really excited just to see um, prices start to get competitive and for the new data and research to come out on uh, what we've already currently been doing this year. Now, I know you can't get into uh, the specifics, can you? but do, can you tell us about uh, the vape-specific uh, um, uh, device that you guys uh, have coming out? Sure. So, yes, as you said, I can't say too much. Uh, we are using a five-tenth threaded compatibility um, pen, so you'll be, uh, sorry, for our cartridges, so you'll be able to intercha interchange those with pretty much any pen. You won't have to specifically purchase a sundial pen. Um, we're also using C-cell batteries compared to, um, there's a couple other batteries out on the market that are a little bit questionable, but C-cell has tended to be very dependable and uh, reliable. So that's what we're going for with uh, the batteries. We've matched with a couple really awesome brands to put out some nice premium pens that will give um, different temperatures. So you can actually then burn the product at a lower temperature and receive more flavor or burn it at a higher temperature um, and in turn get a little bit higher. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, you mentioned uh, one of the things you enjoy the most about your job is uh, getting out and speaking to somebody. I, I think from people I've spoken to, and, and, and even when I discuss it with people that don't have a lot of experience, what's it like for you to chat with a brand new cannabis potential consumer? Oh, it gets me pretty excited every time. Every time I get to share some of the information with them, seeing a small passion ignite in another human, uh, it, it reignites the passion in myself. It reminds me exactly why I got involved in this industry and why I made the jump and yeah, why I'm here. It just, it always makes me feel really good about myself. Yeah. They say when you, uh, when you enjoy your work, it's it's not a job. And uh, Raylan, you certainly seem to enjoy that uh, with Sundial. Thank you so much for joining me on the Cannabis 101 podcast. I'm ex excited to see what uh, Sundial has uh, coming down the pipe. Thanks for having me. What's happening? 
We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley, once again, from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ is joining us here on This Week in Cannabis News. And uh, David, I uh, hope things are fine and uh, warming up where you are. We're finally out of the deep freeze here. We we think now minus 10 is balmy. <laughs> Hello, my friend. We've been up to about uh, plus five here. And every time I tune into the news, I just feel for the folks in Atlantic Canada oh. building the world's biggest uh, snow forts right now. It is unbelievable, uh, the stuff that is uh, going on in uh, Newfoundland, Labrador, etc. cetera. Um, okay, let's get into our first story. And this is one about uh, canopy growth. And, and we've, we've heard a lot about, uh, well, especially in our neck of the woods, edibles were delayed, drinks of vapes have now been delayed. And now canopy growth, there's going to be a delay on their beverage launch. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, we, we've been asking about our weed beverages. We very much want them. Um, these Cannabis 2.0 products have been exciting in the rollout, and this uh, definitely uh, seemed like it was going to be a bit of a crown jewel. Um, but canopy growth is having some problems. We've we've seen the, the legal U.S. market seem to be able to get a handle on how to produce these cannabis-infused drinks. Uh, but Canopy says it's going to be delaying its line. They were supposed to launch this month, and now it's uh, uncertain, actually, when Tweed's filling its fridges across Canada. They're all standing empty at the moment. They say that they've been making, uh, quote-unquote, meaningful progress, whatever that means, towards production on a commercial scale, adding that they're remaining confident in the underlying beverage science. So I guess that's good news. <laughs> uh, but they're not there yet. So late last year, they created Buzz, and you probably saw some of those images of their uh, imminent drink offerings at the time anyway, which were two houseplant brand drinks uh, that were quite eye-catching among them, and also the maximum allowable 10-milligram THC offering that they were calling Deep Space. Uh, <clears throat> now, the CEO of Canopy Growth, he says that they've, they've only had about seven weeks uh, eight weeks now, I guess, to work with the THC in their brand beverage facility. So they've had a bit of a tough time. He says scaling the processes up from the laboratory and bringing it to a more commercial scale of being able to create these drinks. Um, you know, alcoholic beverage drink has uh, Constellation Brands has that big stake in Canopy. And we're also expecting some drinks from Hexo and Tilray, who have also paired with uh, with big alcohol. But nothing really yet. We've seen teas. And nothing busy, unfortunately. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the teas um, as well, but also um, the ability to um, not take an alcoholic beverage to a social gathering and take a, a cannabis mm. beverage. And it, it kind of just sounds like that the product they were producing did not meet their standards, and, and that's one of the the keywords in the article. So. I guess we should say that at least they're not rushing an inferior product. Is that maybe the silver lining? Um, yeah. Yeah, you could look at it that way for sure. And it's tricky, of course, trying to scale up from a from just a smaller product. We saw some of those challenges too when they were rolling out flour. Um, that trying to grow on that scale created some problems. And I'm uh, liking that we're starting to really – that LPs are getting a handle on that kind of process uh, on the large scale that they're doing it at. 
David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ joining me here on the Cannabis 101 podcast as we talk about this week in cannabis news. And um, this is news, David, this next story we're going to talk about, uh, news that we already knew, but a lot of the general public didn't. And this is uh, in regards to the uh, the vaporizing crisis uh, that was going on in the States. Uh, the CDC has confirmed what you and I have been saying all along. We have. We've been saying that, that these uh, lung illnesses seem to be generated from black market uh, distillate vape carts. And that's what the CDC is saying. That's the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, they're saying that these lung injuries appear to be exclusively exclusively linked to black market cannabis vapes. Now, in Canada, as of January 14th, Health Canada says that there's been about 16 cases of these uh, vaping-associated lung illnesses uh, that have been reported. There's one in Alberta, three in British Columbia, two in New Brunswick, uh, four in Ontario, and six in Quebec. None of them have been uh, deadly. And uh, at this point in time, even though CDC is saying that it's all black market carts, there's still strangely recommending that the best way for people to ensure that they're not at risk is to refrain from the use of all e-cigarette vaping uh, products, any kind of vaping products, which doesn't jive at all with public policy in most of Canada, where provinces are selling distilling cannabis vape products through illegal suppliers. Um, and it's important to keep in mind, too, that none of this applies to dry herb vaporizers. Right. Uh, just just the distillate vapes and legal ones at that. That's such a good distinction to make because for somebody that's, um, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience with cannabis, they'll hear vaping and think everything, um, flour and distillates is the same. And vaping flour is very, very safe and much safer than combustion. And that's a really important, uh, distinction to make. Um, the, the, uh, the, the good thing about this is that it's finally dropped its longstanding unhelpful recommendation recommendation about this. I mean, they went crazy. We we've talked uh, about, uh, the assault rifle non-ban and then the vape ban. I mean, this just <laughs> yeah. took on a, a life of itself. Do you think the damage was done already? Or do you think that the vape industry of distillates that are legal can recover? I think that people who are generally interested in vaping distillate, um, you, you know, we're, we're pretty tapped into this kind of information. And as long as, as retail stores, as I'm sure they are doing their part and educating people about what this means and, and, you know, anyone who may have concerns, as long as they're asking the right questions to the right people, uh, they should, they should get those, you know, more uh, scientifically backed answers. So that's, that's the trick. We all have a responsibility to educate ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's uh research and, and knowing the distinction uh, between the two is, uh, is so very important. Um, this is an uh, interesting story uh, that I came across and, and we've all um, heard about uh, when you consume cannabis, you get the munchies, you're going to gain weight. But there was a story uh, that Leafly put out about uh, cannabis consumers slimming down. Uh, there, you know, and, and and this is something that we're going to see a lot of, David. I think the research being done on the plant right now is going to tell us some very interesting things. And 
This one is an argument against those people that say uh, everybody that smokes pot is fat because they get the munchies. We've all heard those complaints about gaining relationship weight, and I (laughs) I joke that I swear that I've gained legalization weight. Um, (laughs) And I I, I wish that I was joking, but I definitely put on a little little bit of poundage in the middle. Um, So it may seem strange that cannabis could, well, scientifically speaking, could actually help shed pounds. And this comes from Dr. Stephen Glazer. He's the chief medical officer at Canaway Clinic. And he says, <clears throat> I'm going to do my best to to dumb down <laughs> science that's well beyond me. He says that new research shows that the average Western diet, uh, those fatty kinds of diets, can contribute to chronic and excessive stimulation of the CB1 receptors. And this is all part of the endocannabinoid system that makes up uh, our body. And he says that research is still in its infancy, but one study in particular is showing that the long-term regular cannabis use is linked to body mass index and obesity rates and apparently when you're using cannabis it can calm the overstimulated cb1 receptor in the body down from those wild western diets that we have (laughs) and that can have an effect to to keep us slim and in addition glazer says that there's another cannabinoid called thcv that can potentially suppress appetite and uh, could play a role in reducing the incidence of obesity I mean, for me, it's starting to sound a little bit like those million research studies that show that having mm. a glass or two of red wine every night or, you know, a couple of pieces of dark chocolate is good for you kinds of studies. Uh, and for me, I'll always look at it from a more practical perspective, and that's if I'm exercising fairly regularly, eating a, an overall healthy diet, and trying to stay away from those you know, real uh, cravings for peanut butter and jam sandwiches when the munchies kick in for me <laughs> that'll all overall be okay we used to lead the league in those stories when i worked at global television i think we would run like three or four a week and <laughs> and oftentimes i'd be like well didn't we just run a story about this study uh last week the thing that uh, you were talking about the the diet and the glazer that dr glazer says the ideal omega-6 to omega-3 ratio for the human body is three to one but in the average western diet this can be as high as 20 to one and that what what brings in the overactive cb1 receptors but i i think like you moderation and we're learning so much about the different cannabinoids that I wouldn't be surprised me if uh, maybe certain strains or certain different, well, there are strains out there for appetite suppressant and there are strains mm-hmm. out there to increase uh, the appetite. Cancer patients uh, are often given cannabis to increase their appetite. So um, they're talking about working the brown fat, which is uh, uh, responsible for trimming weed loving waistlines over time. So <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to learn. Um, right now it does seem like the, the you know, Drink red wine and you're cured. Uh, don't drink red wine or you're uh, going to be an alcoholic. The 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 fast extremes, and it's just going to take research, basically, right? I think so. We we love discussing these kind of science stories, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the the many 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 more that will come. I'm sure. Okay, uh, this final story uh, took place uh, kind of in your backyard at uh, Lift & Co.'s recent Vancouver Cannabis Convention. Um, there was a uh, slogan, um, Kelowna's uh, Black Market Cannabis brand uh, used the slogan, uh, and, they're, and the, their black is BLK and their MAKT, so it's a, 
uh, the, the, I guess a shout to the legacy market, but their slogan was once you go black, once you go BLK, uh, their motto. Now I did read a lot of stuff and I'll get your opinion. My, just my short opinion is you should probably just stay away from anything that it brings into race uh, because there's so many people that get offended. What was your first take on this and, and has it changed over time? That was the, definitely the consensus on Twitter with uh, there's a, a general group of of uh, well, a really close cannabis community on Twitter. And the initial reaction was that it's disgusting and appalling, um, that the, it's racist and not edgy. Uh, and black market is making quite a name for itself these days. I mean, they're, they're fast becoming in BC known for producing some of the, the best premium bud that's available out there. Uh, and also now after listed co-producing, the most controversial tagline. <laughs> uh, I stand with you generally staying away from a race, uh, appropriation, anything that can even be construed that way uh, is, mm. is the way to go. Um, others are citing, however, the old saying that no press is bad press and the G tech holdings, which uh, owns the black market brand under Alberta craft cannabis says that it's going to drop the tagline. Um, still, they're defending themselves. They're saying that the, the detractors on this campaign were outliers. And that really the reaction that it received, especially from the thousands of people that were going past its booths at Lifted Co. in Vancouver, uh, the, the, the response was overwhelmingly positive to them. They said that the, the brand was conceptualized by three individuals, and two of those are actually people of color. And it also cites its own diversity uh, in its defense, saying that their CEO is Chinese, their CFO is female, and the head of marketing is East African. Um, overall, they say that they wanted to create an edgy brand, and it's a it's a real, real thin line to be walking. Um, you know, and love them or, or hate them, everybody's talking about them right now, and that's uh, maybe what they wanted. Well, yeah, they're getting press. I'm, I'm kind of torn and I'm not saying this is similar, exactly the same, but I see some similarities where there are some Canadians of color that use the N word. Well, it doesn't make it appropriate. And that, and that's a real extreme. So I'm, I'm going, but I'm trying to get the point is just because there are people of color on your staff that agree with it doesn't mean everybody is going to, you still have to stand behind it. And if you feel it's uh, it's okay, you stand behind it, but no, you're going to get some, some flack for it. So they, they, they had to know this was going to create some waves. You'd think so. And the way that they were saying that they were trying to create an edgy campaign, they, they must have known. Uh, cannabis is, has such a stigma attached to it, even mm. now, and was viewed just before legalization. I remember a flurry of articles coming out talking about how it you know, was like a bro culture and insensitive. Um, overall, I've honestly seen the opposite of that. I've seen the cannabis industry to be professional and inclusive and progressive and all those great things. And, you know, I, let's take the high road, guys. That would be my advice to, to all, of the, all of the folks out there is that let's take the high road and try and uh, eliminate the stigmas. I am uh, with you on that. We have a, a hard enough fight on our hands. Uh, let's just uh, try to all cooperate. David Wiley is with OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. Uh, you can check out their uh, email newsletter and all the great stories 
on okanaganz.com slash OZ. Uh, David, thanks as always for joining me. Have a great week in cannabis and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, great to be with you. Have a great week. And by the way, we are continuing our 420 followers contest on Instagram. Uh, we had one on Twitter and we gave away a prize. It ended up being our guest last week, Jill Pollard from The Herb Life. Uh, but you can get in on a Cannabis 101 pro- uh, podcast prize pack as well by following us on Instagram at the Cannabis 101 podcast. And once we reach 420, everybody that follow us, follows us will be uh, eligible for a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Once again, we are back with What's That Strain? And I am uh, once again pleased to be joined in studio by our educator uh, Chris Ianson, also the manager of the off or the Nova Jasper Ave <laughs> That's location. Right. That's the first time I've made that mistake since you switched, so uh, I get a, a little bit of slack. That but, was bound uh, to happen. Uh, Jasper Avenue uh, location, uh, yeah. Chris. Uh, how are things today? Uh, things are going really good. Uh, yeah, I was at the shop today. It was. Uh, Nice and busy. A lot of people coming in uh, looking for edibles. That's mm-hmm. been uh, quite a hot ticket item there. Uh, keep selling out though as we're getting them, but uh, the, the supply will improve here in the coming weeks. Yeah, it, it will. And we're going to actually have a, uh, a solution uh, for somebody who might be upset there are, that there aren't any edibles um, when they can actually have a similar effect at home. So we'll bring that information just a a little bit later because uh, we should point out um, it was basically a lottery system of uh, almost 400 stores in Alberta uh, and they're kind of trying to say, you know, we want it all to be even. Yeah, everybody gets, you know, everybody gets the same amount. They want to make it as fair as possible. Right. So that's why maybe when you're out and about in a store, you're like, where are the edibles? That's maybe the reason why they're not. But we'll have a solution for people at the uh, end of uh, this segment, which is about Mac One, uh, which is a a fairly uh, even hybrid, which is is not uh, always the case, is it? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty rare. So uh, yeah, they've uh, we're doing Mac One today by Citizen Stash, mm-hmm. and they've coined it as a, a 50-50 hybrid, uh, mm-hmm. and I've had it before. It's uh, yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty accurate. Um, definitely one of the stronger uh, stronger ones we've we've had on the show so far. And, and the, uh, you know, a, a lot of the rec cannabis that uh, you've tried and I've tried. I, I'm looking forward to trying this, but you have tried this before, yeah. and uh, it, was a, it was definitely a winner for you, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it's after trying it, it became my number one um, new favorite for in terms of effects. Uh, hit uh, just hit really hard. Hit really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an excellent high. It's a lot of fun, um, and it look it looks amazing too. That's the look of the stuff. Uh, never seen anything like it in the rec market. It's just caked in crystals. So. Yeah, it looked like a diamond ring when I uh, first popped it open. Yeah. So let's talk about. Citizen Stash then. Uh, we're doing Mac One, which is a hybrid from Citizen Stash. What can you tell us about these guys? Yeah, so Citizen Stash, they're a smaller LP uh, out of BC, uh, Mission BC, uh, just off the Fraser River, uh, located in the foothills of the Coast Mountain Range. 
Um, and so they got a smaller location. Um, their parent company is Experion. Experion's pretty neat. They've got three brands, you know, under their umbrella. Mm-hmm. A citizen, citizen Stash being their rec brand. Uh, they also have Canabe, which is their wellness brand. And they've got topicals, um, oils, and capsules too. Uh, and then I thought this company was pretty neat uh, within their umbrella at Experion. It's it's a company called EFX Labs, and that stands for uh, the Entourage Effect. Uh, I love that EFX, and uh, it's a research facility, and they also produce oils there too. Uh, what's cool about uh, these guys is uh, their their partners. Um, Broken Coast uh, is one of their partners, mm-hmm. and so is Afria. So. Um, it's pretty neat that you know seeing Citizen Stash kind of collaborate uh, with uh, with these other big players and just quality too, like Broken Coast. Yeah, I, I love the uh, cooperation uh, as we see what uh, this comes in a, a nice small tub, uh, but I like the cooperation uh, when we're talking about different labs working together. Yeah. Um, and, and and I like that this is a, a you know a bit of a smaller company as well. Um, another one out of BC, we've talked about, uh, Tantalus labs in the, pl- in the past. Uh, so yeah. uh, I really like that. And, and I love that they're making use of the entourage effect with that labs. Can, yeah. can you tell people quickly just what that entourage effect is for, for many of the newcomers who, you know, this is how we should experience cannabis as opposed to shopping for the highest THC. Although this one does have some high THC, <laughs> but uh, explain the entourage effect. Yeah, absolutely, will. Dean. Uh, so the entourage effect is kind of uh, the collective uh, of, of what's in, in your your cannabis. So your THC content, your CBD content, as well as your terpenes. And terpenes are the aromatic oils. Um, they secrete from the cannabis glands and mm-hmm. they kind of provide the smell and the taste to your cannabis. But there's also uh, effects uh, that will kind of factor in with terpenes. So you take your THC, your CBD, and your terpenes, and for that specific strain, how it was grown, that mix right there is going to kind of produce a desired effect, uh, which can be different for everybody too, though. That's right. Uh, with the endocannabinoid system, and everyone's got a different biology. So, um, you know, you and I could share a, a joint of what I would say, this puts me to bed, it's a heavy, heavy indica, and mm-hmm. you could be buzzing and energetic. So... Um, it's kind of like everyone's different and unique, but, uh, yeah, the entourage effect though is, is just kind of, it's saying there's more to cannabis than just high THC. Yeah. And, and I, that's something that we have really tried to get across over the, yeah. over the last little while. I, I used the, uh, analogy about wine. You wouldn't go into a wine store and ask for the highest alcohol content <laughs> and, and, well, most people wouldn't anyway. I, I guess maybe there's some first time for everything, but uh, you should do the same sort of thing with your uh, with your cannabis. What are some of the core values of Citizen Stash? Yeah, so uh, handcrafted is a big one for them, uh, and and it it shows in their buds uh, for sure. Great quality, um, small batch, uh, so grown into smaller smaller rooms, mm-hmm. so you get greater care for each plant versus those those big big rooms with you know 1,200 plants of the same strain growing. Um, and then premium cannabis, uh, and yeah, like I said before, I, I can't ex- you know gush enough about uh, how good of a product this stuff really is. So uh, kudos to the guys at Citizen Stash for for doing it right. Uh, it's it's great. I love the my stash, your stash, our stash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure. Really, really kind of 
the cannabis uh, community. It kind of fits the cannabis community that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. I think they should put that on like shirts and stickers. No kidding. Yeah, it's a good it's a good motto. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, we should talk uh, though. I, I was kind of checking out their websites and and in terms of like Citizen Sash's team. Uh, so <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you go to their website and you go to uh, the team section, uh, the first uh, person there is. Uh, uh, with your master grower, his name's Liam McKenzie, and he's uh, Canada's youngest master grower. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool. He seems like a you know neat guy. Knows a lot about cannabis. And you scroll down, uh, there's no one else listed on the. So like, he's the only person on the team. Uh, and then scrolling through the uh, the photos of the facility, uh, Liam again, the only person uh, f- pictured in in three photos there. So. Uh, it's pretty funny. One of uh, one of my employees uh, at at my shop. He uh, we we noticed this when we were looking at it together, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually went on Twitter and uh, and tagged them in it and said, you know, um, do you guys keep Liam chained up? Like, can you hire more people so that this guy can get time away? Uh, and he even started a hashtag called Free Liam. Uh, so brilliant. It's, yeah, it's out there. Um, and they did reply back to him and said that, uh, Liam has, uh, four growers working, uh, with him and stuff, uh, for other growers. Help. Yeah. He's got help. Uh, but just on their website, that's just kind of how it looks. But, uh, honestly, Liam McKenzie, hell of a job. Can't say enough good things about this Mac one. It's, it's tremendous. It really is. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, uh, diving this, uh, after I, uh, Pick some up today. Um, when we talk about the history of this, I, I think this is kind of cool. The strain is Miracle Alien Cookies, uh, which they named after, uh, which they named Mac One. Uh, so it's Alien Cookies crossed with Colombian Gold and Starfighter, which is, I think, rare to three a three way strain combination. There is an epic tale though that you have <laughs> how this went down. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, so uh, several years ago, there was a breeder uh, by the name of Capulator. So that's his prohibition name. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't get his full name. Uh, but uh, he bred some Starfighter, a uh, Starfighter plant with a, some a Colombian Landry strain that uh, he personally picked up from South America. Uh, and as the story goes, uh, the seeds were uh, tragically left in his pants. <laughs> and uh, those pants found their way into the laundry and um, they went through the wash cycle. And uh, so a bold heroine, his, his wife, uh, put the soapy seeds into paper towels uh, where they all germinated and seemed to be okay and healthy. Uh, but alas, after being planted, all of these seedlings died simultaneously, uh, all but one. And so that sole survivor um, was the 15th to be planted, and it was dubbed uh, Miracle 15. And so this Miracle 15 plant made it survived uh, going through the wash cycle. And, uh, but it was a male. Uh, so with that, mm-hmm. it's not going to produce any, any flowers. Um, so they say along came a, a, a lady by the name of Alien Cookies. So you got Miracle <laughs> 15 and Alien Cookies. They fell in love, gave birth to an only child, a child they named Miracle Alien Cookies. That is awesome. Yeah. I, you know what? I absolutely love the history almost more than, and I'm a big Terpene fan, but hearing the stories, whether, you know, when we did Charlotte's Web and the story behind that CBD strain, which is, you know, heart-wrenching for anybody that, uh, you know, has kids and and sees them suffer and uh, the MK Ultra story that we did uh, in the the beginning of this uh, show. So I love the history and that's such a crazy epic story that, 
you know, was, um, I, I guess made possible because somebody really cared about that wheat. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't just say, uh, you know what, Who cares? forget it. Like they actually tried to plant those yeah. 15 seeds and one out of 15 worked. And, and, and if they didn't, we wouldn't be sitting here looking at this, uh, no. gorgeous plant. Uh, so citizenstash.com is their website. As mentioned, you could try to free Liam. Uh, hopefully <laughs> they'll get a few other employees, uh, up there as well. I like that. Um, it's, it's a pretty good website. It's not overpowering exactly what you need. Yeah, simple. Um, the information is there and that, and that's what you want, right? You want information about the products. Uh, they have, uh, you know, pictures, uh, of the products yeah. and everything you need is at that website. Yeah. And I, I did appreciate on the website when you click into each strain, uh, you can get more details and actually get yeah. a, a terp, a terpene, uh, breakdown or percentage, uh, of, I think that's so important. And, and uh, you know, you and I just talked about, using the entourage effect when you're buying your cannabis. Well, if we don't know what's in it, how do we make those yeah. choices? So bravo to citizenstash.com for making those profiles available so we can, you know, buy cannabis by the terpene yeah. profile. Yeah, eventually, probably in a couple of years, it'll it'll be like that. People Let's will hope be so. coming into a store looking for, you know, uh, cannabis high in mercy. Yeah, so, yeah I, cool. I really hope that does happen. Um, this batch that I picked up today, it's high, twenty five point six percent THC. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's a strong one, and uh, honestly, it feels like it smokes maybe even a little bit higher than that. It's like, I I've been smoking. Uh, I have a little monkey pipe with a very small bowl on mm -hmm. it. I've just been almost like it, a one hitter bowl, kind of, yeah. maybe a little bigger than a one hitter. That's right. that's what I've been filling up with this Mac one, and I'm good after that, which is rare for me. That's very rare that I get you know that satisfied from. Uh, my cannabis where it's like, oh, you know what? I actually, I'm going to take a little break yeah, here. It, I feel, it, I'm still feeling put good. Put this joint, half joint down. And uh, yeah. you know, I had uh, Jill Pollard from the Herb Life on my show last week. And one of her advice was, you don't have to smoke the whole joint for newcomers, right? Yeah. In fact, it's probably not a good thing. Uh, you know, put that joint down, come back to it. And, you know, people that are experienced with cannabis like ourselves, that doesn't often happen where... You can yeah. So it's nice to, to get a bit of a hard hitter every once in a while. So we're going to get to who this is good for in a second, and it's definitely not for beginners. But let's talk about the name. Um, and uh, I asked you Mac 1, and you're like, well, it's kind of an abbreviation. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So Miracle Alien Cookies was the strain. We did see something in the past with what used to be called Girl Scout Cookies is now called GSC. So Maybe there was something there that they wanted to get away from legalities to, uh, yeah, but it I, sounds like it's just the abbreviation, right? Yeah, it does seem like it's just the abbreviation, just shortening it up. Um, it could have something to do with the rec market, though, not calling a strain cookies right. inside the store. I know that, uh, you know, we're trying to, with regulations, we're trying to avoid any kind of ties with things children like and, and yeah anything and that will love be the cookie monster yeah, well, for sure who doesn't right what about the miracle alien cookie monster where's he that's me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah give me miracle alien cookies i love it you are now the miracle <laughs> alien cookie monster um <laughs> any word on any any idea on what the one stands for is this like bruce banner number three or yeah uh, uh, you know we've seen um uh was it blueberry kush 402 well the 402 that had to do with haven streets oh that's right system. yes okay so yeah um I, I i'm not sure i couldn't find any any information on that it could have to do with this is their first uh you know version variation of their miracles with so we, maybe more planned yeah we might see a mac 2 uh or a mac 10 
That would be nice. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, okay, so the look. Um, this comes in a uh, smaller package, yeah, uh, as I have here. Like, this is three and a half grams. Yeah, it's a good size for a three a and a half. That's a good size. You know, like, it's uh, it's when you open it up, it's full. Yeah, yeah, it's full. Um, that, that's what it should be. I, I That's what I want everyone to do for their 3.5s, like... Cause that fits really nicely in my, in my kit, my, you know, mobile kit that I take with me. And sometimes I'll get, you know, this big, big packaging and yeah, I can fit one of those in my kit. Whereas like, I'd rather bring a selection mm -hmm. so I could fit, you know, three or four of those citizen stash cases in there instead of that one big guy. So. Right. Right. Uh, no plastic rim on the inside, yeah, uh, or no that, rim on the inside. Yeah. It is plastic, but the no rim is something we've talked about. And something I've really noticed lately with my cannabis is when you're trying to brush it all out and. You know, get those trichomes yeah. that are in there and, and the the residual stuff, it's a little bit harder. This doesn't have that makes it a lot easier to clean out and get the most of your cannabis. Yeah, definitely. That that lip just is a pain in the butt for you know preventing you from getting everything that you should. Mm -hmm. Um you can recycle this as well. Um yeah. does not come with a uh, humidity pack, which I but it did come with a seal. Yeah, nice um, seal. Uh, this stuff's fresh. Yeah. I, I wish everybody threw in a humidity pack. I just, I think it would just uh, be good for everybody mm -hmm. uh, to do that. But this was fresh for sure. Uh, did not crumble like some of the stuff, unfortunately, um, does. This does not crumble at all. Um, it, it, when, when we looked at the color, I thought it was mostly dark with lighter coverage, but it was a lot of trichomes that yeah. maybe took away from some of the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it looks light due to all the trichomes, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. But yeah, it's generally dark bud, darker green buds in there, uh, with a, kind of a light brown pistols. Mm -hmm. uh, but not a lot of pistols in there too. It's it's mainly just trichomes. Yeah, like it it looked like a diamond ring. It just was exploding and uh, twinkling so much uh, when we uh, opened it here. I was like, holy moly! Uh, okay, terpenes profile. Um, this is, uh, what, like we talked about with the uh, entourage effect, uh, one of the things that you should be looking at with your cannabis, you know, find out, do some journaling, uh, find out what terpene you like by the taste or the, the effect that you get. And, uh, tell us about, uh, what we're looking at in Mac one. Yeah. So the three, uh, dominant terpenes in Mac one are limonene and that's that citrus kind of smell and flavor, uh, caryophylline, that's the black, uh, black pepper spiciness. Uh, and then uh, linalool, which is uh, kind of lavender floral. So kind of an interesting mix there. All righty. Uh, yeah, I, I like that uh, floral, uh, kind of a lavender uh, sort of thing. And you know my feelings on uh, karyophylline. What about desired effects for this? Ooh, um, desired effects. Uh, it's a heavy hitter. Um, quick onset, very strong, strong high. Uh, but I found it to be functional. So... Uh, you know, I, I found myself like, you know, I felt really, uh, stoned, I guess for lack of a better word, I'm really stoned off this stuff, but I was still able to, I cleaned the house a little bit. I got some stuff done. I, uh, you know, made a list and, you know, got that done. It was, uh, I guess productive and functional. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, um, just be prepared to, to feel it. That's kind of the, the main thing with this stuff. All righty. Uh, so the, the the other thing is that you just need a, a small amount uh, as well. You don't need, like we talked about before, where, where you can kind of 
put it down and and come back to it so uh, you need a little you don't need a lot i have a bowl full here uh, as i'm going to uh, yeah, give a this bowl, a, okay. a, a try so uh, maybe i'll only smoke halfers <laughs> i put a poll out on uh, the other day on twitter do, are you a half bowl or a full bowl because sometimes people just do half and then half later yeah a lot of people just like a clean clear bowl to start with yeah, I, I'm a half bowl guy myself. You are, yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, but a lot of my bong buddies, they're all about the full bowl, but they're they'll finish that full bowl in in one lighting session. Wow! And, and suck it all back. Uh, no chance I'm doing that. Okay, so let's as I give this a try. Uh, tell me what and who this is good for. Yeah, so uh, I, it's good for cleaning the house. Uh, like I said, getting stuff done. Uh, it's also good for putting you in a good mood. It's uh, This is good mood uh, bud here, for sure. A lot of smiles and, and nice kind of euphoric effects. Um, who it's good for? Definitely the more experienced uh, consumer. This is for the advanced uh, cannabis consumer, for sure. I don't often cough, but... Uh, There's the cough. This is something... <coughs> Excuse me. This is something we were going to talk about, though. Yeah. I don't often <laughs> cough, but lay it, lay, lay your cough um, theory yeah. on me. So you know, I've I've had I've had two two three point fives of this stuff, uh, and I've shared it with uh, seven of my kind of closest uh, smoking buddies that you know I I see mm -hmm. you know throughout my travels. Uh, every one of them, and a lot of them are like heavy smokers that you know uh, it takes a lot for them to to feel it uh, every one of them cough on that first pull uh just and don't want to deter that from anyone it's just it's got some bite to it uh it's like a lot like barks yeah <laughs> seth rogan on him and snoop dogg were on howard stern and, and they were talking about that where they were out in uh, california uh doing a tour because of all the weed so they were talking a lot about weed and and seth rogan actually said Coughing is good when you're getting high because it kind of opens things up a little bit. I'm not a doctor, but yeah. this guy has smoked a lot of weed. He says it's not the the worst thing to cough when you're smoking weed. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I, think, I, I don't think you want to cough all the time, but no, no, for sure. But uh, definitely, coughing will kind of expand your lungs and allow for you know more of the cannabinoids to kind of get in there and get into your system. Um, the old term uh, cough to get off that was okay. something that they said in high yeah. school a lot that's funny um yeah and uh, i i remember too a lot of times mainly in high school where i would have you know a hit of a uh, uh, something really strong and then have that coughing fit where it's oh i got tears in my eyes yeah. uh but then for the next like 20 minutes like i am floored my eyes mm -hmm. are red uh, i you know maybe a, you're a on cloud nine too, yeah cloud nine maybe a little too cloud nine too people come up to me like are you okay <laughs> no i just coughed a lot <laughs> yeah exactly sorry i just have uh <laughs> I just have the the red eyes from coughing so this is definitely what we would say level three cannabis user um you know very advanced with with such a high thc um level one is kind of the newcomer as we say level two you step up and Level three yeah. is, is, it's like ludicrous speed from yeah, uh, space balls. Yeah, it's like level three or even like level 420. Like, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, it's it's up there for sure. Um, everyone that I've uh, talked to about it at, at mm -hmm. the store level and kind of shared my experience, 
they all they all, they all come back to get more. Uh, a couple of people were able to get that second eighth, even though they hadn't even run out of their first one, and they just liked it so much. Yeah, um, and yeah, the I I picked up my store's last one. Unfortunately, I uh, feel bad for uh, for the people. Well, I'm glad in, I got in and got mine when I could. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely one to watch for if you're looking for that. If you're chasing that, you know that big heavy smoke. Um, yeah, look into it. Uh, also, Citizen Stash too. We're gonna see on the rec market side, uh, lemon skittle mm-hmm. uh, and creamsicle. Those two have been out in BC. Uh, both are award winning. Um, the lemon skittles, Las Vegas lemon skunk, crossed with skittles. So nice, like citrus fruity flavor. Uh, and creamsicle is uh, orange crush, crossed with juicy fruit. So like Citizen Stash, their genetic game is is on point. Like they've got stuff that no one else has. Uh, and the quality is there, uh, clearly, from what we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and and it uh, it's a, it's a, it's a hard hitter, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, taste test. Uh, I I get some earthy. Uh, I get some floral with the uh, the linalool. Uh, obviously the, what, what else am I getting in there? For, for me, I, I noticed a bit of like uh, kind of gassy, almost diesel-y taste okay, uh, yeah. in there. Yeah. There, there is something that I can't really identify. Like I, yeah, I it's a weird. maybe that's what it is actually. It could be that. I also got uh, like hints of citrus and like zesty orange okay. in there too. Um, yeah, definitely that with the taste is that bite too. I feel like there's like a, if I could say that it tastes bitey. It yeah. Tastes, like it's, it's strong. Like it's, yeah. you can, like it's lingers. Yeah. Like the taste is strong and lingers. That's what I think that where that bite comes in. Cause it's, it's staying with me. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's something else. Yeah. I, I'm liking this, uh, as well. Uh, this is uh, Mac one by citizen stash and, uh, there's a closer look at it. As uh, we should discuss what we were, we were mentioning at the top of the segment, um, edibles have been such a hit. A lot of places have run out. Unfortunately, I've, I was in some stores, they didn't have any left. And, and because it was a, uh, a lottery, basically, it wasn't as, um, you know, one store is going to get the same <laughs> as another store. Pardon me. You have a solution to that. Yeah, I do for sure. Um, so yeah, edibles ca- you know, came in two weeks ago. Lots of people are coming in. We're getting a lot of people that, you know, uh, don't consume cannabis regularly that want to, you know, try out the edibles mm-hmm. and stuff. So, uh, so many more people are coming into stores. We're not getting that much. LPs are still kind of producing a lot of LPs. We haven't hit the market yet with their edibles. Yeah. And it was decided by the, uh, AGLC that it was going to be even. Yeah. Yeah. So they do an even allotment, which mm-hmm. I mean, that's good for however many stores there are. Right. So almost you know, 400, almost in Alberta. 400. So, uh, let's say they get, you know, 450 cases. Everyone's allotted one, right. one case. And, um, so that's kind of how that works. Um, but with it, so a lot of people coming into to my store looking for edibles, um, don't have it. Uh, we do have ingestible cannabis oils. Uh, it is the same effects mm-hmm. as uh, consuming edibles. So uh, with it, but it's just a cheaper option. So um, I guess a, a little breakdown of how I, I kind of see this working out math wise. Uh, you could come in and buy, you know, three packs of 10 milligram THC chocolates uh, for about, you know, 20 to $24. Uh, and you're going to get 30 milligrams of THC total for $24. Uh, you could come in and buy some of our cannabis oils. Um, I've got like a 30 mil bottle with a, 
five milligrams per milliliter of THC. Mm-hmm. So you're getting 150 milligrams of THC in that bottle, and it's like $17, $18. So uh, you could take that, uh, spend another $8 on some really good chocolates at the, at the 7-Eleven, uh, consume your oil, eat your chocolates right after. Um, you're going to feel the same effects as if you were to eat those edibles. Uh, but then you're going to have a whole bunch of oil for the next couple of times that you want to consume edibles. So uh, it's there. I've, I've talked to some people about it. Uh, a lot of people are like, no, I just, you know what? I just want to try the gummies. I just want to try the chocolates. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool. But um, for people that, you know, want to get into it um, until the supply improves, uh, it's kind of where we're at. So you'll need to like go to that store on their delivery day and, and hope to be one of the lucky few to, to get the edibles cause they, they are flying off the shelves. Uh, but for now, I mean, ingestible oils, same effects. It's the same thing. We've been selling that from day one mm-hmm. in our cannabis stores. Yeah. I have some broken coast, uh, sativa oil. That's, uh, mm-hmm. outstanding. So that's, it's a, it's a great suggestion. Use the oil, yeah. use some chocolate. Uh, some people don't like the taste of oil, so that's where the chocolate comes in and, and gets there. Yeah. Personally, I just, I get used to it, so yeah. it's uh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and I guess the, what, the one last thing we should touch on is, you know, uh, go slow and low. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone needs to know to, to just chill, uh, wait the proper amount of time. And uh, then wait a half hour more. Yeah, right? So to have, wait Especially a if bit you're more. new to this. If you are new to edibles, have your edible or your oil and your chocolate, as you just talked about. Wait and then when you think you want more, wait more. Yeah, yeah. It's baby steps. Take it easy. It really is. Yeah. It really is. All right, this has been awesome. Uh, this is, uh, we talked about uh, some edibles. We talked about some oil. And, of course, we talked about uh, Mac one a hybrid, almost 50-50, uh, from uh, Citizen Stash, a small LP out of Mission BC. I'm excited for these guys. and what they have coming out uh, in the, the next little while. Thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. All right, this has been What's That Strain on episode 33 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. And if you'd like to be part of What's That Strain with myself and Chris Ionson, you can. It's easy. Simply send us an email to cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That's cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what strain you would like to review. And if you're picked, you can sit in with us during the segment and ask your own questions as well. Get a $100 shopping spree courtesy of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Just like that. I'll pay for you to go shopping and I'll even try to convince my good friend Chris Ionson to help you out with any questions that you may have. So simple. Send us what strain you would like us to review cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com and if you're the winner you can sit in with us be part of the show and go on a shopping spree uh, excited for that to happen we have a uh, we've had a few um come into us uh, in the last little while so uh i'm looking forward to uh diving into what strains you guys like you got a joint uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your soda. <laughs> and beyond. Heavy girl with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> 
All right, so today on our uh, Cannabis Character, we are paying tribute to the dude, Jeff Bridges, from, of course, the big Lebowski. And uh, the dude is uh, not just a cult character, but he's also the champion of the Cannabis Character Cup. Uh, he took out the man, Tommy Chong. Pretty impressive stuff in the final. Uh, so uh, the dude is a bowler. He's a philosopher. And he's a stoner. He buys milk with a post-dated check. He likes to take Lebowski baths, as you see, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and when a bunch of thugs break into his house looking for his money that his wife supposedly owns, uh, he gets pretty witty. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Your wife is Bunny. My, my wife... My wife, Bunny, do you see a wedding ring on my finger? Does this place look like I'm fucking married? The toilet seat's up, man. What the fuck is this? Obviously, you're not a golfer. It is such a great line. Um, and, man, w w we recite these lines from this movie like we do from uh, Up in Smoke, uh, from the movie Youngblood. Me and my buddies are big Youngblood fans. You know, there's like three or four movies that we have where we just throw out the lines, and The Big Lebowski is one. We actually had a, uh, a Lebowski Fest slash Kingpin bowling tournament last year uh, with a bunch of us. I went as Walter. Uh, my good friend uh, Steve Cole was the dude. So the guys, the thugs, they end up uh, pissing on his rug. Uh, so he goes to meet Jeffrey Lebowski, who is the actual Lebowski that these thugs were looking for. I just want to understand this, sir. Every time a rug is mitterated upon in this fair city, I have to compensate the person. Come on, man. I'm not trying to scam anybody here. Uh, you know, I, I'm just... Uh... You're just looking for a handout like every other... You employed, Mr. Lebowski. Well, wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know, uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Are you employed, sir? Employed? <laughs> you don't go out looking for a job dressed like that, do you? On a weekday? Is this a, what day is this? There we go. There's a great line after that. The bums lost. Lebowski. So that's where the adventure begins for the dude. It's a cult classic. There's so many great scenes. I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast have seen it before. Um, so I don't have to tell you how great it is, but if you haven't, there are great lines in the movie. And, um, like I said, me and my friends are quoting them all the time. Um, I love this one here. You mind if I do it, Jay? It's a very sentimental moment of the movie, and he asks if he can do a J. And, of course, the famous scene with Jesus where the dude throws out this beauty. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I used to use that uh, one a lot when I was hosting uh, Sports Night on TSN 1260. Um, it just goes well in so many ways. And so after things go down, um, the whole movie takes place. They're wrapping it up. A great scene with the dude and the stranger uh, played by Sam Elliott. Sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes, uh, you know, 
Hey, man. How do you do, dude? I wonder if I'd see you again. I wouldn't miss the semis. How oh, things yeah? been going? Oh, you know, strikes and gutters, ups and downs. Sure, I've got you. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Well, take care, man. Gotta get back. Sure. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, well, the dude abides. That is such an awesome line. The dude abides. Uh, so that is our cannabis character today. The dude, not Jeffrey Lebowski. Now, some quick trivia about the movie. The dude is in every single scene. Uh, even the scene when the nihilists are in the cafe, which is uh, the one nihilist with the, the toe cut off. That's who my wife dressed as uh, for our Lebowski Fest. But you can even see the dude in that scene. Go back and watch it. You'll see him. You never see dude, the dude bowl though. That's the one thing you never see is the dude actually bowling. Also, Donnie has a different name on every bowling shirt he wears. And how about these numbers? 292 F-bombs, more than Scarface. The dude drinks nine white Russians. The word dude is said 161 times. And peeing on the rug is mentioned 17 times. Uh, so some uh, pretty funny stuff uh, for uh, the Big Lebowski and the dude who is the champion of our cannabis character cup. All right. Uh, if you're watching this, you know about our YouTube channel. But if you're listening to this, head on over to the Cannabis 101 podcast YouTube channel. We have uh, pretty much figured out the studio. I think we have a few things to do and then we're going to start putting some reviews up there and some uh, individual segments and uh, lots more entertainment uh, and education coming from uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast on our YouTube channel. Hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get it delivered as soon as it comes out. And if you would, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. It really helps to move the show forward um, by getting some feedback, positive and negative. Uh, we're here for it all. And if you'd like to be a part of the show as a guest or as an advertiser, please email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Uh, one more look at the uh, San Rafael pipe that we have up for grabs uh, in the cannabis question today. What is the edible that you have enjoyed the most? Chime in on that to any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. A big thanks to Ray Lindane for joining us from Sundial Cannabis. Of course, David Wiley from okanaganz.com and This Week in Cannabis News. And we heard from, of course, Chris Ionson, our educator on what's that strain. Mac one from Citizen Stash was outstanding thanks very much for joining us on the program we'll be back again next wednesday on our regularly scheduled day and remember it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Mm -hmm.